0: Today on the show, we're talking about thrifting. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence, through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host. And today we are joined with Trevor. Hello. Michael. How's it going? And Jace. Nice to meet you. And today we are kind of, we're doing it live in person. There's a second episode we've done like this.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a neat format. Um, I, I think it, it creates a more conversational environment. So I I think with um, thrifting, we kind of found articles where it kind of breaks into two sort of angles of thrifting. And one is on clothing, which is uh, an art within itself, a thrifting art. And then there's thrifting just sort of in general, like, you know, thrifting of, you know, household items and garden tools and all sorts of things like that. So I think we're gonna kind of look at thrifting from two perspectives.
0: So I, I think first, like why why are we talking about thrifting? Why is this? Why are we all sitting around today talking about thrifting?
1: Well, well, that's maybe def, you know what is thrifting? Define thrifting. Let, let's do that. We'll go around the table, and so the literal me, table, yeah, literally literal table. So for me, thrifting is. I'm gonna say for me, thrifting is finding a deal.
0: Okay.
2: I look at thrifting probably as finding something. uh Secondhand use like it's, I think it's kind of cool a lot of things you buy that are thrifted. It's got a story behind it
1: so but you thrifting from a perspective of um, You're saving the environment like because you're reusing things. is that is that what's well, important?
2: That's I usually donate to thrifting places. because I like the idea. It's not going to the landfill like I, I Donated some shoes actually. Uh, we went thrifting yesterday I donated some shoes to it because I didn't want to see the shoes go to like throwing like a garbage
1: and I did a bit of pre, pre-thrifting. pre He almost donated a backpack, which I, I kind of found enticing. So I, I stopped that from being donated.
3: Um, I think for me, thrifting is probably more finding a high quality item for a really good price. And then usually like fading out other items that I may not like as much or that just may not be as high quality.
1: So for you, th- the, the key to thrifting is finding something of a high-quality value that you normally wouldn't buy new. Exactly,
3: yeah. So something that I wouldn't uh, spend like that full price on, but something that I'll definitely get the most use out of, and it's a good quality. You know,
1: something else about thrifting I like is there's not many choices. Like When you see it, it's not like you can debate, should I get the red one or the green one? Should I get the medium or the large? What you see is what you get. So you tend to have, I'm going to say, less buyer's remorse.
0: Because, Mike, I think you said this yesterday, something about... The, the fact of choices
2: oh yeah, yeah. we were talking about on the way to the thrift store we were saying how um uh options can make you unhappy like too, too few options and and you're kind of miserable because you're stuck in one way but but too many options is the same thing you're unhappy with the fact that you gotta you gotta choose like so many things like you never know if are you making the right decision so it's, a, it's an extra stress
1: so i like to mention books on this podcast there's a book called stumbling upon happiness and you also
0: might like to mention apple products as well i,
1: I do and i will get to that <laughs> Uh, actually, funny, when you're thrifting, you're not going to come across a lot of Apple products. Although I did see an Apple charging station for an older iPod, the 30-pin connector. And I wasn't interested in it, but it, there was one in the thrift store. But there's a <laughs> book.
2: Apple products go to die.
1: <laughs> the, there's a book called uh, Stumbling Upon Happiness. And in the book, the, guy, pretty, the author kind of just says, uh, having too many choices is going to make you unhappy. And so thrifting kind of solves that problem; it eliminates choices.
0: But I think, I think it also can be dangerous because I mean, you get this kind of, this this kind of panic where about whether you should buy it or not.
2: I I like what Jay said that uh, you got to make sure if you're buying something, you're gonna remove something else because, like, I I think that's a it keeps you kind of a minimalist, right? Like, and you got to ask that question. If I buy this, am I willing to get rid of something else? I I like that.
3: Well, I I truly think like uh, thrifting and minimalism should go hand in hand. Like you shouldn't really just go to a thrift store just for the sake of getting that deal. It should be going to the thrift store to see if you can find something that may replace something you already own.
1: And here's something I do to that point is I go to the thrift store. say it's a clothes store. So one of ours is Value Village. And, And so they just specialize. They do sell other stuff, but it's mainly clothes. I wear the shirt that I want to get rid of to the thrift store to say, That's That's is, is the shirt I'm holding better than the one I want to get rid of? You know, so it has to be better than this shirt. I don't have to wonder. I can, I can hold them up. I can look at them both in the mirror and say, I'm going to get rid of this shirt will replace this shirt. I
3: kind of do something similar. I'll, I'll usually keep my my shirts in a drawer. And so at the, the start of the drawer, I'll have my absolutely like favorite shirts. And then as I go down the drawer, it's the stuff that I like less. And so every time I go to the thrift store, I keep the last few things in mind that I may want to replace or that I want to find something better of. So
1: you don't have to wonder which ones ex- which ones leaving the exactly. drawer. Exactly, I'll it's always it's already, you know, know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I like that. Another one I've heard the minimalists say is uh, when when they do their laundry, they put their clothes in the hanger with the hanger turned backwards. And so at some point they're going to look at their closet and say. You know that hanger has never has never been reversed. I mustn't have wore that in like forever.
2: On the the rule of hangers, I always find uh, I I never buy hangers. Like you have a limit to hangers. I think I've said this on the show yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that way you if if you go to like get new clothes, you got to take stuff off because you're just gonna have like not enough hangers, and it'll it'll identify that.
1: I like that. And you know, hanging your clothes is a thing is a good way of keeping track of like if you put clothes in a dresser, you can kind of lose sight of what you have. If, if you hang everything you own, I hang shorts even. But
2: you know what? I, to, to what Jace was saying was is, is hangers, it's a lot like I, you can do the hanger trick, but like you're going to, there's going to be things that are always on the top and things that are always on the bottom. I think it will filter it more.
3: Well, I think what like you could also do too is like from personal experience, I used to have a dresser with six drawers and as I slowly got rid of stuff, I realized that I didn't need that many. So I downsized to a dresser with just two drawers and now all of my clothes fit in basically one. So i could even go down to a one drawer dresser
1: i love that well f- for me so i'm older i i like to have a week's worth of clothes put seasonality aside i like to have a week's worth of clothes and and then you're never doing like multiple loads of laundry
0: and i know the way you fold your clothes in your dresser is very organized
3: yeah definitely so like my dresser it's it's full um which stops me from being able to get more shirts but it's all, like, very, very organized and very, like, flat. And so I know as soon as I look in there, I can see every article of clothing. I don't actually have to. You don't have to lift one up no, to see the one under I it. Got keep it yeah. all vertical. So it's all just nicely vertical in there. Right. I like that. I like that.
1: So we were going around the table, you know, defining uh, uh, thrifting. We never did get to Courtney. I'm,
0: I thought I was the host, and I didn't need <laughs> <laughs> <Listeners, laughs> uh, a definition. Listeners, what's up? Can I call a friend? <laughs> Listeners, do you have a definition? Um, I would say thrifting
1: on the spot.
2: Dun, dun, well, dun, so,
1: dun. <laughs> what do you thrift for? What is your go-to? Like when you go thrifting, what is it you tend to be seeking?
0: Clothes. I definitely, uh, definitely yeah. shirts. Um, and I think I that might even be a good kind of segue away from me answering this question. Is is what, what do you go thrifting for? Because we kind of, I think there's specific things that you kind of have a, I know each of you have a thing that we were talking, and you you don't go thrifting for because it it's hard to find.
1: So my thing, my theory on thrifting is you can't be looking for anything specific, but you should have a, a mental list of things that you, you know you if you see it you're gonna get it. So I, my thing is I, I I have this affliction for uh, almost antique like office chairs, you know, like a desk chair with wheels, and I'm always looking for the next great one because I love to refinish things like that. And and so for me it's almost. It's a hobby looking for it, and then it's a hobby refinishing it. So it's kind of two hobbies in one.
2: I know. Uh, I I like woodworking and uh, a lot of hand tool woodworking, and I've had a uh, really good luck. I found some really um, nice old tools. So I found this um uh, this wooden hand plane, and I found a uh, uh, a brace. It's it's kind of it's like a drill, but um, I don't know how do you describe it. Uh, if you don't know brace braces, just look up like a hand brace and you can probably find it.
1: It's basically a, a hand drill for drilling extra large holes. So yeah, and,
2: and basically I love having it. It was cost me $2 and I've, I've drilled so many holes that uh, like actual electric drills can't drill. So it just feels like an absolute score. So I, I like looking for that kind of stuff.
3: Uh, I think for me, it'd, it'd probably be a, a mix of things. So like I, I typically go in looking for... Um, plaid because i'm i'm absolutely obsessed with plaid but maybe
1: it, plaid shirts plaid
3: shirts yeah so it, it has yeah. to be it has to be though <laughs> not plaid pants no
1: <laughs> okay. oh
3: no not plaid pants. um there was a time where that was a thing it's true it's true but no no for me it's it's a uh, over so plaid overshirts. um but they have to be really high quality and flannel and so it, it takes it takes a good amount of searching to find those good quality plaids um that you typically won't see you know
2: speaking to that high quality i love when you find name brand clothes that are worth just a fraction of what they cost in a uh, in like to buy them new like I, I yesterday thrifting I found this Eddie Bauer uh, sweater and I looked it up after at home and it was I think somewhere in the price range of 70 to 80 dollars and I paid six dollars for it so I love that when and then and then I'm gonna go around and I'm gonna look like I bought this 80 dollar sweater and no I didn't actually I, I like I'm gonna look like this upscale guy I do
0: want to mention that we did see um, some research for this episode yesterday <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we, we went thrifting in in it to sort of research for this episode or to get our I call to get our thrift on.
3: Well, it's an absolutely amazing feeling finding that deal, but also walking out of there with a good quality item, and that's oh, that's yeah. what it is yeah. for me. It's so I, I go in there with with uh, an idea of what I want. So I usually will have a few utilitarian things in mind that I need, and then usually a few plaids, and that that's what makes me happy.
1: So in in my town, there's a store called the Beyond the Blue Box, and it's basically. It's a place where you you can donate things and they're kind of picky about what they'll take. So you know you're not getting junk there. So it, it's got to be something that's not broken. It looks somewhat useful. And uh, one thing they have there is books. And this is where I fall down on thrifting is I will buy a book. I may not want to read it, but I know it's only going to cost me a quarter, or 75 cents. And I start to accumulate books that I I, I may never read But I'm just getting it because I can. And so that's a trap of thrifting. Have you guys fallen into that trap?
3: Um, I I definitely have the thing with books as well, too. I I do love reading uh, specifically like nonfiction books. Um, So what I try and do is I keep a limit to about four books that I'm reading currently at once. And I won't buy anything else until I finish at least one of those four.
2: But now, is, is renting that? Is is that not like, um, it's kind of like a rentals fee almost. Like you're paying 75 cents to have that book and then you return it when you want. Like instead of just feeling like you need to keep them. Like,
1: like- yeah, because you can take it back to the same thrift store and donate it. So it's, it's kind of a rental fee. I, I like that. But if you keep accumulating them, like so J- Jace has a system, which I, I need a system. Right now my system is more is better, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a flawed system, right? It, it, it has to end somewhere. But every time I see a book, I think, oh, well, because I, I know I can't go back a month from now and say, okay, I want that book now, and it's going to be gone. That's one, of the, that's, that's one of the downsides to thrifting is it, it's a now or never mentality, right? You, you, can't, you generally don't have time to ponder or think about whether you want it.
0: And the dangerous thing about that is you think, oh, it's only $2, it's only $6. But I mean, if you do that every time you step in a thrift store, you're, it's going to it's gonna add up over time. Well, and then you'll, you'll have a
1: garage just full of st- junk. You know what I mean? And then the next thing you have to have a yard sale.
0: Yeah, to get rid of all of that.
3: No, it's definitely true. And, and I know a few people who have kind of fallen victim to that. Like I have a, a friend and he loves uh, collecting a, a specific type of animal. And so every time he goes to a thrift store, he looks things with that animal on it um the only problem is after five years he now has three walls worth of these figurines and stuff that relate to it
1: yeah so that that, that could be a problem but you 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 generally have to act so have you guys ever been to an auction no <clears throat> so auctions are it's kind of even you could over you, the risk of an auction so you could go thrifting two auctions and you run the risk of overpaying because you're actually bidding on something against somebody else who wants the same thing and they're trying to drive the price up. Um, I don't perform well in auctions because I can't make those split-second decisions. So I, it, it's, it's a, I would caution people to go into auctions as a method of thrifting because you, may, you really need to know what something's worth.
2: So are you saying thrifting, like going to a thrift store, it's, in some ways it's similar to an auction but it's like less high stakes but you still got to make decisions – relatively
1: quick like. yeah but you're not competing with somebody driving the price up so it's
3: what what I have a tendency to do actually is when I when I go to a thrift store um if I know I'm I'm gonna be looking around for a little while or if it's a big one like Value Village I'll bring either a small basket or a cart with me and I'll, I'll put anything that I kind of generally like into it and then before I leave the store I'll re-go through that cart a few times and be like do I need this? Like, do I actually have some use for this or do I just want it? And so then at that point, uh, I'll know whether it's useful or not to me.
1: It's really coming down to the point, you know, are you buying it because you need it or are you buying it because it's a deal? Exactly. And it's having a, a mechanism or a system to, to question that and and have an answer.
3: Yeah, you almost have to build these these fail safes for yourself so that you don't fall victim to the the good deals.
1: And what's useful is to bring somebody with you. Like, so if I bring my wife with me, I can say, do you know, do I do you think I need this? And she'll bounce things off me. So, I think it's almost better to go with somebody than to go alone.
3: Always have a thrifting buddy.
2: Now something like we talked about auctions is a place to go thrifting and obviously there's like thrift stores what about pawn stores or pawn shops like because that's like you'll win one it looks a lot like a a thrift store like but like i know you can get um kind of scam like not scam but like you you can end up with less of good deals as as you would have hoped and
1: my thing with pawn shops is everything in there is priced just a little bit too high to be considered a deal but it's better than new And I I have never bought something from a pawn shop because I think the pricing is just out of line. I
3: actually have a a method for for pawn shops too. Um, So typically if I have a few things that are are of worth value, so let's say a perfect example is uh, I had a Blu-ray player and I knew that I wasn't going to use Blu-rays anymore because Netflix and just being able to stream stuff on your computer is just so widely available. So I took my um, Blu-ray player to the pawn shop because I knew I needed a drill. And so a lot of these pawn shops will let you trade in an item for another item. So I ended up walking out with a really nice drill for $5 as a surcharge. I just had to pay the tax on it.
1: And got rid of a blue pair blue you did Exactly,
3: need. yeah. So it was a good way um, to almost like... Exchange so trade something that you don't need for something that you may want or need more
1: So I didn't know that's how they work. So that's, that's yeah Yeah, to you know. can definitely do well, that at a lot of them
0: Oh, I do want to ask a question though, and then let's talk about consignment because that is that the same like How would you define that?
1: Yeah, so consignments kind of uh That's more from a seller's perspective. I think you're selling something on consignment So you you take them to a store and if they sell it they take a cut you get a you know You both share in the profit
0: so generally, the prices I guess would it be higher.
3: The prices are, are generally a little higher than thrift stores, um, but it is also a good way for yourself if you're if you're low on cash or something. You have a lot of stuff that you don't need to kind of go there, drop it off, leave your name, and then you know later you can come back, pick up $20, 30 bucks or something. It might help you out in the long run.
1: And I want to say with thrift stores as opposed to consignment stores, is it thrift stores? You're generally helping a, an organization, a nonprofit. So we have, in my town, we have the Mission Thrift Store, which is, they're supporting various missions. Beyond the Blue Box, they're there for the sole purpose to employ uh, disabled people, disabled in some capacity. That's the only kind of people they employ, which is kind of odd, right? Because they tend to have, struggle to get jobs because of their disabilities. So I think it's, I, I love supporting that. Value Village, they are they what's their story are i don't they, think uh,
3: valley village uh, actually does any for, non-profit for yeah. profit eh? they're for yeah. profit yeah okay. but it's
0: still i think that's one of it's it, because it's a it's across like across I and mean, is it across canada Across ontario? because it's across canada across ontario it's very well known and, and just kind of it's almost like the walmart of of thrifting it's yeah, just thrifting, you can yeah. expect a certain level of it's the same like it's it's you can go to any town and find a valley village So it's kind of it's familiar you know, the, it's very
3: we, uniform
1: we keep talking about Value Village. One thing about that store is it's it's very organized, particularly with the clothing, but with the hardware stuff too. There, so they organize their clothes by size and color, and you can quickly go in, see if there's something you're interested in, and be out. It's not you're not just sorting through junk, right? It's it's organized. And the books are incredibly organized. They have at Value Village, they organize them by author, by by topic. It isn't unbelievable the organization in those stores and i've never been in a value village and it has not been busy i don't know about you guys
2: oh i I know
1: um any
2: anytime i'm in the ottawa um uh, value villages it's just a zoo it's like you're you're like bumping elbows with everybody and
1: and that helps it it, it, if you're if you go into a thrift store and there's nobody in there you kind of wonder is this a bad idea but if you go into a place that's just packed it must there must be something there right there's it's not my imagination.
0: And to the point where they're everywhere, kind of, it's, so it's, regardless of what value village you go to, it's almost even more organized than some Walmarts because even Walmarts can be kind of laid out differently. Value villages are always consistent. very consistent. Yeah. I think that makes it familiar wherever you go. But
2: something I think is kind of neat with value villages, I know um, there's a bunch in Ottawa, and we talk about, um, my friends, I talk with them, like how each one has like a different uh, culture to it. Based on like the, the, the demographic that lives around that value village, the, the do- clothes donated changes. So if you're trying to look for a certain type of clothing, you go to a certain value village. And I think it's kind of interesting. Is like uh, unlike Walmart where they're all laid out the same. There's a slight like uniqueness to each
1: one. And you, so with a value village, t- t- to your point, you can't go there looking for something. You have to just be go there looking. Would you guys agree? Have you ever gone oh, yeah. there hoping to find a green sweater?
3: No, but I will go there thinking I'm looking for a sweater, right? Okay,
1: okay yeah, have you, yeah. I've gone there looking for, say, a hoodie. And no chance. Like, it's just never there. But...
2: I think if you go looking like just saying like go in there you can sometimes fall in the trap of just buying things because like that whole thing you you just you see it oh that seems like great like I think sometimes you have to go there looking for a specific thing but be aware that you might not find it
1: or go there looking for something specific but being open to anything
2: yeah
3: no I definitely agree with that yeah some some kind of like small list is usually how I'll go in so I'll go in with a with a list of few things that I may need or want and then I'll walk out of there e- still happy even if I didn't find any of them
1: I don't know you guys are aware but I once went looking for a suit <laughs> I may have mentioned this and I got the the nicest suit I've and I'm going to go on forgive me about five minutes here I bought the nicest suit I've ever owned so I'm in my 50s and this I've owned many suits the nicest suit I've ever best fitting suit like somebody had me in mind when they were making this thing And i've had compliments on this suit i may have forced the compliments out of people but i've had compliments and i've almost demanded them but like i said no no i got this for 35 bucks please compliment this suit and so i decided afterwards i needed a a, like i had a long trench coat and i didn't like kind of looked out of style according to my wife so the three-quarter length coat was a thing so i thought what are the chances i'm going to find a three-quarter length coat well i did and it was a it had a zip-in zip-out liner I got it for another $30. So for 60 bucks, I'm like Bay Street dressed, right? Like, and I, I can force compliments out of people, but I generally don't have to when I'm wearing this suit. And I, so this is the last time we talk about my suit, but it is a fabulous suit. I got a shirt too and a tie. Just, I'm going to a Trevor. wedding next month and everyone there is going to know where I got this suit. Don't
2: lie to people about that. You will talk about this suit again. It's going to come.
0: Yeah, this is not the first or the last time you hear about this suit on the podcast.
1: So maybe we can talk about, we've talked a lot about thrift clothing. What about, and maybe books is another really good thrifting strategy, but what about other thrifting stuff that you've got? Like, can you, what are some of the other thrifting angles or you know, what, what kind of things have you thrifted for?
3: Well, maybe we can uh, talk about everybody's best finds because obviously, Trevor, you're, you're really excited about your your suit. But um, what about you, Mike? Have you you found anything? Uh,
2: uh, I talked about it before. I, I was really happy with those uh, woodworking tools I found. I had seen pictures of hand planes, people talk about them and to actually get one that's just an antique vintage hand plane. And, and I've, I've, uh, I've, restored it so i can use it i think that was a cool find and and then i talked about um that uh hand brace earlier and it it was pretty cool having uh like this brace like i was wanting to actually buy one and it was going to cost me close to a hundred dollars and to find this antique one that works perfectly and and just allowed me to even try one to see what it was i i was happy so like less than ten dollars i had these two really nice vintage tools i was happy about that
3: i think for me my best best find was at value village um one of my shoes Finally, finally had a hole in it after about a year. So um, I went just looking to see if I could find something. uh, And I ended up going in by accident on uh, one of their 50% off days. And so I ended up walking out of Value Village with these two beautiful vintage leather boots for only $6. And that was like over a year and a half ago. And now they're finally just wearing out.
1: That's insane. At the price of shoes, if you wore those for six minutes, you will have... (laughs) You know spent less on footwear per minute than than most people
3: exactly it was it was a financial dream because I was expecting like if I didn't find something, I'd have to spend like a hundred or or more on on new boots and I got two for six
1: now how do you um how wait, do you wait wait i want to say what size foot are you because finding footwear could be tricky
3: uh, i'm a I'm a nine, so so sometimes nine into a ten yeah you
1: need to be a common size so I have a smaller foot tend to find. Not many, not much to pick from. Every time I, I go and look through the shoes, they're always larger than mine. So I think having the right size foot really helped. Oh, definitely,
3: yeah.
2: Now, I'm always worried about who who wore those shoes last. You know, like sometimes there's like there's gross feet out there. What's, what's your tricks for finding clean shoes? You got to just kind
3: of in- inspect them. So make sure like the soles are not like absolutely ripped up or... Just make sure they're they're in general good health, and uh, a foot spray always helps. Yeah,
1: you can tell whether like somebody's been wearing a, a piece of footwear that was socks or something, because the inside would just gets torn apart, right? I, you, I think you can tell. I
3: typically take really good uh, care of my boots too. So, uh, being in Canada, you always kind of want to use some kind of oil on the outside to, to stop from the salt getting to them, uh, especially if you're wearing them in the winter. So, you know, having that little like method every Monday morning, I would clean my shoes and then I would put some oil on them. And so that kind of makes them last longer too. So you got more bang for your buck.
0: So um, lately when I go to the thrift store, um, Jason actually started kind of an online Etsy store. Um, What's it it called? um, It's it's called uh, CJ's Vintage Store Um, and so it's just kind of been really fun lately going and finding things for the store so it's actually called it it has a name what it's kind of it's a Is this store
2: this store is like online right like people are accessing your your vintage store online?
3: Yeah, it's through uh, Etsy.com and so we we typically will go out and we'll look for different types of uh, vintage antiques Um, and then we'll we'll resell them for a higher value after they've been cleaned up by us um so i'll let courtney kind of describe a little bit more about what we do there
0: yeah and it's actually through kind of research for this episode we found a it's called that uh, thrift thrift store flipping so um we just it kind of and it's kind of the, the kind of the angle for the store is that i mean some people like the process of going into a thrift store and kind of like digging through things and and, and finding that gem but we kind of wanted to take be that middleman because we enjoy it so much
1: well you're doing the work for the people who want a thrift like want a vintage item but don't want to do the work of going through thrift stores and finding it they don't enjoy that process yeah and
0: we, and we really do and we also we're kind of bringing modern and vintage together we kind of I mean I, I think maybe a lot of people who don't have a good I, like vision of thrifting get stigmatized I think then that's a big thing why we kind of want episode episodes kind of destigmatize thrifting um, sometimes people can think of thrift stores and think of musty and and old, and, and some thrift stores are musty and old, but some are like Valley Village, bright lights and and beautiful space, and and so we kind of wanted to bring that modern, clean um, feel to kind of vintage items and bring those two together.
1: So it, it kind of if just say you were somebody, I'm not saying you do, but say you needed re- retail therapy as as, as a a, a de stressor Just say that was your something you needed. If if you switched that retail therapy into thrifting, going to thrift stores, if that's what calmed you down or or put you in your happy place and you could turn around and resell that stuff, what a side hustle.
3: Well, I think definitely that that is the case for me cuz uh the way I was raised um it wasn't very minimal um and so being uh, a person who has discovered minimalism and stuff, I still have those habits of wanting to go out into stores and 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 s- you know, shop. Uh, everybody kind of has that, that mentality these days, especially how commercialized everything is. So going to thrift stores and even just looking around and not buying stuff sometimes is just a de-stressor for me. Uh, it really helps me relax and I like doing it every, every weekend or so. Um, and so now having this outlet uh, that we can go look for very specific items to, to have on our, our website and resell uh, really has given us a nice little project to do.
1: No I like that. it's a side hustle that that sort of supports any, a need you have. so it's
0: I mean like I think it's kind of adding value to people's life because I mean Jace spends a lot of time kind of cleaning up the objects and making them. I mean we picked up a pie a pie a um, pie server pie yeah. server and it was just a needed cleaning and after a little bit of cleaning, it looks incredible now. so, um, it kind of takes out that kind of step because you enjoy the cleaning
3: process. Yeah, it's it's a, it's not just a side hustle for us, it's uh, also a hobby. And I think that's kind of where the best little side hustles will start. It's something that you are passionate about could be turned into something you can make a little extra money on.
1: You know, for some people that that's, that have a stigma about going to thrift stores, you kind of taken that away out of it for them and put it on your Etsy store.
0: Yeah, because we created kind of it's like we created a Courtney's corner and then a Jace's nook and Courtney's Corner is gonna have um it's just it's just starting but it's gonna have kind of maybe and I one thing specifically to any of the females out there, maybe males too, but I we'll talk about this later, but I find female the female clothes section is kind of you have to dig through different I feel like men's is style is sometimes more classic. There's kind of hoodies, sweaters, plaids, shirts. But women, there's like different kind of um, ages in there and different kind of styles in different um, stores. There's a lot of kind of mixture of like no name versus brand names. So I think kind of something I want to kind of bring into Court's Corner is kind of some really awesome pieces that I think um, that I kind of sort through and find and I think can be universal for everyone to enjoy.
1: We'll definitely have a link to that Etsy store on, on the, in the show notes. I just want to talk about the stigma of thrifting. We haven't really touched on that. So I think shopping for clothes and wearing secondhand clothes, when I was younger, say in my 20s, that, that was unheard of. I mean, it was just something, even if you did it, you would never tell anybody. It, it, was, it, it was not a badge of honor. It was not something you would brag about. It was, if you did it, you, you did it in, in sort of shame or in hiding. But you couldn't afford. And, you and, and that's the only reason you would do it. But your generation, there seems to be something, something's changed.
2: I think uh, in some ways you think about like minimalism, it it, it works to uh, kind of go against uh, compulsory consumption. And you think all these corporations who want us to to buy the latest and greatest, and then when it's no longer the latest and greatest, throw it out and get the latest and greatest. So you think by people thrifting, we're actually kind of, we're taking away from a- compulsory consumption, you know, like that whole thing of reusing this stuff, taking the time to find the, the value and like uh, the second value of all this stuff. So I think, it, and I think that's probably why part so
1: of it. The environmental aspect is what's removing the stigmatism? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I think it's the,
2: the, the thing that, um, I, I think the, the idea, like you said, of having the greatest and greatest isn't as as important. Like, And I think part of it is also the environmental thing. You always hear of reuse, reduce, recycle. But I don't know. I think I always find that really cool is that, uh, all the stuff that's getting a second home or a second life.
3: Well, I think too, uh, a good part of it is uh, our generation has a tendency to not have as much money as, as older generations did. And so like even with buying houses and stuff like that, it's a lot harder for people our age now to be able to financially afford stuff. And so uh, I find at least with me and my friends, if, if we end up going and we find like, as Mike was saying, like an Eddie Bauer shirt for $6.00. You know, it's still in that latest and greatest, and we're kind of almost proud that we got this shirt for such a great deal. And so that definitely helps, I think, draw in more people to go thrifting um, because you can get like the, the more popular items, but with no cost to it.
1: So it's almost the resourcefulness is the badge of honor.
3: Exactly. Especially in how consumer based our society is now. Uh, it, it helps to be able to find stuff as as cheap as we can um but still have good quality items
1: so i'm gonna say so my kids kind of introduced me to value village or made me aware of it uh then i started doing it and i've sort of pushed that up to my parents so it's almost like thrifting is is being you know evolving in reverse direction you know back up the family tree yeah
0: I think our generation um, is really, really pushing it. I mean, I think it kind of... I want to say what started in maybe kind of more trendier places, um, like maybe like Toronto, I think that's they have the markets there. And I think it almost started... I mean, I everyone's heard of kind of the, the hipsters. I think they're the individuals who are trying to break through the, the social norms and, and do something different. So kind of thrifting and, and wearing kind of innovative outfit combinations. I think that is something that, that, that makes you stand apart from consumer driven society?
1: Well, you know, I, I know when I go into a value village, I'm usually the oldest person in the store, which always blows me away. Like when I go in there, I'm, I, I feel out of place or like, I shouldn't be here because I'm so old compared to everybody else in the store, which, and I'm so glad to see that. Cause I think our, the future is bright when, when, when people are that resourceful those young people are that resourceful. I'm, I'm encouraged.
2: to jump on top of your point there i I agree with you in some ways it's almost um uh, the younger generations are are taking away that uh, that consumerist world like you hear about that so much especially with like companies like no offense there trevor but apple like (laughs) coming out with these new products all the time like if anything like as much as we do consume we're we're neglect like we're we're canceling that out with a lot of a lot of the younger generation we're trying to uh to, to not consume and we're trying to reuse. So I think that's kind of interesting. I never even thought about that.
3: Well, I do, I do like too that um, that is a resource that is available, especially for people our age who want to start you know, like uh, a family or who want to move in together and get a house, like thrifting furniture and, and thrifting dishes and stuff like that is a, is a great way to stop um, spending a huge amount of money but still being able to have all the utilitarian things you may need to start a life
1: you know, my youngest daughter moved into a, she went off to school and they rented a a basement apartment and all her friends were picking up stuff off the curb, you know, furniture and stuff, literally off the curb and putting it in my garage. And I was looking at saying, what are you going to do with all this junk? You know, this is, this stuff looks horrible. What are you going to do? And then when we moved her into an apartment, I little did I know they were painting this stuff and fixing it up. And when when they were done their apartment looked like something you you would see on a when a house is for sale when they stage a home I was just blown away the, with the resourcefulness of these teenage they literally at the time they were teenagers and I remember when I was that age you would only take something off a curb at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't stop in the middle of the afternoon and have all your friends help you you know so I'm just so encouraged by the resourcefulness It it is just and I, I think the more you see it, it, it I'm glad to see so your generation is not trying to follow the generation before you, which is it, it's a disaster waiting to happen when that happens. And so if you recognize maybe uh, jobs aren't paying as much as they used to for the same line of work, you know something's got to give, so maybe resourcefulness you know kicks in, right? So I, I like that.
2: actually, in some ways, I was uh, our our generation is trying to follow past generations because you said like hipsters. We're trying to dress how people dressed back in like the 70s and 80s, but we're doing it a new way. Instead of buying new stuff, we're trying to, to find old stuff, which is kind of neat. It's like a it's a hybrid almost.
0: And we're kind of like, again, I just love how you're kind of beating the system. The system is telling you buy new, buy buy something you can find in the store, and we're kind of going around that and doing our own thing.
1: Yeah, but like I say, it's it's more common. Like if, once you go to one of these thrift stores, like, we were at this Beyond the Blue Box. Was that place busy? Oh, it was packed. Yeah, like, we got in line to pay for our purchases. I bought two books, and I was in line for, like, a, I don't know, five minutes.
0: And I, I, think, I think that, and that's kind of why we wanted to do an episode on thrifting, to kind of bring normality around it. Because I, I know sometimes I'll wander in a thrift store, and I'll just kind of, the, the, kind of the second of self consciousness, or the second of kind of uncertainty. Then you look around, you see people your age, and maybe like it, kind of dressed similar to you. Like we all kind of are like the same, and it just kind of really comforts you and, and normalizes the whole process.
1: You know, a little thrift stores story. So um, one of my kids used another to be one. In, <laughs> used to be in scouts, and we were having a Mother's Day. Um, we, we called it a tea party. So so we we brought in all the mothers on Mother's Day and and put on a tea party for them, the scouts did. And we we were all sort of pondering, well, are we going to get enough teacups and saucers and plates? And we were trying to, you know, come up with, you know, I'll bring this many, I'll bring that many, you know. It was supposed to be a surprise for the mother, so we were trying to figure out how many teacups we could take out of our cupboards before <laughs> our, wives, our wives, wives realized there was some missing, right? <laughs> so so it was kind of a... And then finally, one of the guys says, well, you know what? I go to Value Village once a week just to shop And there is teacups galore. You know, there's a plethora of teacups. I can get more teacups than you could ever use for five bucks. And when we're done, we can wash them and take them back and just donate them. So he was the only guy that thought of it because we're all of the same age. And and we were just blown away, right? We were just bowing down to this (laughs) guy. And sure enough, he showed up with teacups and saucers and plates. And he actually brought a whole bunch of really fancy teapots to the point that all these mothers were like felt like they were they were being treated like royalty because he brought some really nice stuff and we said how much did you spend on this and he says i think he ended up spending like 15 and and then we washed him took him back it's like it never happened
3: i think like one of the the big problems is uh how much stigma um generations have put upon used items and uh, a lot of people have this this mentality that you know you shouldn't reuse something that that someone else has used because it's dirty or the quality is not going to be as good as something new. But something that I've I've found lately is the newer items that companies are making these days. The quality is not there. Um, with a the few different shirts that I've bought like new from from bigger places like Walmart or H and M, um, the quality wears out very very quickly. But things that I've gotten from thrift stores have lasted me years and so I think that's a that's a huge mentality that needs to change like I've gotten almost all of my furniture from thrift stores it just needs a little bit of work and it's good as new um and then stuff that you get from Ikea tends to break after like two two months three months that, and that's just it, like uh, a little bit of TLC with some of these items or even none. Uh, and you have a good quality item that'll last you years on years instead of consuming a product that you know is going to break after a short period of time.
1: Well, if you think of your Etsy store, so what you're doing is you're going out, doing the legwork to find the item, the vintage item. You're cleaning it up. And so you're adding a lot of value to your product, but you're, the cost of 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 buying it is very low because you're putting all the elbow grease into it yourself. Exactly.
3: Right? Yeah. It's to, it's basically to provide products that we would probably own ourselves or that we would want to own ourselves to other people. And we just do the legwork and we do the cleaning and they're good as new in the last two years and years. Um, so I mean,
0: we picked up some really, really nice wooden bowls that actually Jace picked up and I saw them and I'm like, can we keep these? Cause they were <laughs> so nice. But I like, again, they're going on the store cause we we don't need wooden bowls, but they're they're stunning, and I just it, it's yeah. so things like that we want to find things that other people.
1: And you know, love. you're doing the environment a favor in that these things can only sit in these thrift stores for so long, and if they don't move, uh, they're going to send them off to landfill. But it be, but if somebody's willing to, to put a little bit of TLC into this product to bring it back to life, you're actually saving this thing from landfill. So you're actually doing an environmental good on top of maybe turning a small profit.
3: Exactly, yeah, and that's definitely something that uh, I think both of us enjoy doing and both of us also are willing to put a little bit of time and effort into. But,
1: but you should feel good about the environmental impact because, like I say, there's things that if they don't move, it's it's going to land. And to it's own. kind
0: of sad because some of these pieces are, are really nice or just uh, it, maybe maybe they're kind of buried a- around other pieces because, I mean, and that's another thing. Sometimes thrift stores can be cluttered. And actually, we went to an antique store.
1: I don't want to interrupt, but that's what I do. The, the point the, I've seen the photos you've done. And if it's buried on a shelf with a bunch of crap around it, it doesn't look enticing. It doesn't look useful. It doesn't look nice. But if you, f- the way you photograph the things, you've taken something that maybe you didn't do anything to it, but you've put it in such a uh, a view or a photo that it, that you can appreciate its beauty now that you w- wouldn't have seen in that store. And
0: I think it takes a certain eye because I know Jace has an eye for, for kind of utility like uh, items that I would have probably never saw myself. So I think it takes a unique eye and, and maybe that person wouldn't have saw themselves if they didn't have that specific eye for it.
1: I think I want to get into this, this <laughs> Etsy cool. store and reselling well, this stuff.
3: Kind of st- well, that, the bowls, for, for example, was uh, something that I had actually seen a week before at the same thrift store, and uh, I didn't actually realize uh, how quality they were, because I, I had walked right by them, I looked at them, I was like, oh, it's just a bowl, and then later I was actually watching a YouTube video of someone who was describing these bowls, and they had done the same thing, so they'd taken it and they'd cleaned up these bowls, and they looked absolutely beautiful, and so... In my back of my mind for almost half a week, I was like, "Oh my god, I hope those bowls are still there." And so I rushed back as soon as I could get back to that store, and, and they were still there, and they were so cheap.
1: What did you have to do to rehabilitate them?
3: Uh, just a little bit of oil on the teak, and and okay, they looked fantastic. You just had to wipe them down, and that was it. But they were just piled under all these other ceramic bowls, and it just it was it was such a difference afterwards with just a little bit of cleaning.
1: And I'm going to say, if you were to buy those bowls, say, today, new, they'd be be made in China. They'd be made out of some very uh, poor wood, you know, like very whatever was cheap. Just to
0: get that look.
3: Not teak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to get the same quality. And that's one of the things I personally love about vintage things is they made them very well back then. And these days, not so much.
1: You know, one vintage thing I've always been looking for is, that you ever see these old-fashioned radios? They, they'd sit on like a on a table or a desk, and they kind of got a, a rounded top. Oh, yeah. With, you know, those. I'd love to get one of those. I'll
3: keep my I, eye out.
1: Yeah, okay. Watch for that.
2: I find it kind of interesting just hearing about you guys talk more about the, the store, is that a thrift store is, like, it seems like, like they're almost like a lot of people in society. They, they either don't have the time, the effort, or like the desire to, to fix things up. So they, they put them into these thrift stores and there's basically a giant bin. And then there's a, a handful of people who are interested in it and, and they're just they're willing to take that time and effort to kind of, like it's, it's a perfectly good item that just needs a little bit of care. And I found that quite interesting.
1: So now what's the logistics of your, your Etsy store? How does... How do you get your product to the customer when they decide they want to buy it?
3: Well, um, one of the nice things uh, about Etsy is um, the way the payment system and stuff works is is really easy. So basically, you'll put something online, you pay a little bit of a fee to post that item, and then what happens is um, people can go and they actually will pay Etsy for it, um, and then we would get paid afterwards. So Etsy gets paid first so they can accept all kinds of payment, and then afterwards we have to ship it to them as soon as that payment gets processed by etsy and so usually it would take like one to two business days and we'd just pack it up really nicely and carefully and then ship it off to the consumer
1: no so that's that's pretty good so any payment method works that's
2: good. yeah
3: it's really really nice
2: so you never end up interacting with like the the buyer
3: like it, it's it's completely done through like mail exactly or yeah it's it. completely through Etsy and then uh, afterwards uh, we'd mail it off.
1: I've often thought I have a thing wherever I go to a thrift store or use I like use bookstores. What's so another way of thrifting? And I have this affection uh, uh, affection for books. I, I might look into, you know, finding you know unique books maybe and and setting up an etsy store to do that
0: and it's, it's like for the books for instance it would be a good way to kind of share like you, you maybe you have a fantastic taste in books and it's kind of like trevor's oh book. yeah my unique spin on yeah, books and yeah a, and maybe maybe people would then go to your etsy to to kind of get to kind of lear, read what you read to
1: well oddly enough i like reading ebooks but when i go into a etsy store i, I mean a, a, a thrift store I'll see a book and say, oh, that was an awesome book, you know, and I'll, I'll recognize the cover. And so may, maybe my thing could be selling books that I have read.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Trevor's books. Um, so I, I do want to jump into kind of talking about an article. Um, it's called The Golden Rules of Thrifting. It's by Holly Brown, and it's from the thebillfold.com, and she has kind of 10 golden rules of thrifting. And this,
1: and this, is, this one's around clothing primarily.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean – And I, I want to say – the,
1: thrifting for clothes is a whole separate art form or skill than thrifting for everything else.
0: Oh, it is. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so she kind of starts it off talking about how she kind of resorted to thrifting to kind of fulfill a need that she couldn't fulfill in a store. So she was looking for more kind of punk, she said, or ironic clothes that the local mall didn't carry. So some people, it's kind of resorting.
1: Kind of like thrifting. Mike was talking about that one of yous were we're talking about uh, hipsters' clothes.
0: Yeah, and well, I think I think it which,
1: which we just used to call clothes. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, and I, I think so. I think because of kind of that movement, and I think the hipster movement is is definitely around kind of finding things, and you can't find anywhere else. Kind of that unique spin on again, like kind of like a different specific kind of types of clothing. Um, so she also said as well here that she kind of would search for kind of classy and vintage outfits that she couldn't afford. Um, through a store if there was a kind of a retail store that sold that. Um, she actually mentions here how she um, bought a gown too for super cheap from a first store as well. So kind of like, like my suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so her first rule here is you have to love it.
1: So there, you're saying you don't buy it unless you absolutely love it. It has to speak to you.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. And um, she actually says too that she considers, um, she says eBay here um, as a type of thrifting for clothes. So even it, she even talks about on, like online kind of thrifting. Do you
1: know, I remember when I was looking for my suit. I was in a, in a value village, and I had tried on this one suit. And my wife was looking at it, and I was in looking in the mirror. And this lady come up and said, no. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. And that's all she said. She said, no. Are you sure she and was talking to you? Yeah, she yeah. was, because she looked right at me. And I said, too big? And she goes, yep. And that was, she spoke, we spoke two words, but I, I was trying to convince myself that that was the suit, but it wasn't speaking to me. And I loved that that lady come up and she wasn't obnoxious or anything. She just said, no.
3: You know, actually, surprisingly, I've I've had that happen to me as well on several occasions where I'd either be trying on a plaid or I'd be looking at like a bag or something, and, and someone would walk by and be like, "Nah, man, don't do it." You but you, yeah, so
1: thrifters know how thrifters are thinking, right? And they they they've been there where you are, and they I think when that happened to me. I hope I don't offend people, but I, I can't wait to to pay that back because I'm really grateful that lady did that.
0: And the funny thing is that that would never kind of happen in a retail store because they would you just reach for a different size. Different size, yeah. exactly. It's almost yeah. its
3: own uh, small community, and uh, it's really, really nice that people would do that for each other. You have each other's yeah. back.
0: And I,
1: I like, it, any. you're right. Anywhere else I would have been offended, right? I would have called for security. I'd
0: be like, what? Because you kind of offended that the size didn't fit you or... Yeah, and I, I think you have to love it. I think that's, I, can, I know before I've got tra- caught in that trap because I, I kind of try to justify it. I'm like, oh, the price is really good. I kind of, it's kind of good. I can kind of see myself wearing it. I kind of like it. And the price is kind of good. Like, and I just well oh, haphazardly it'll end up in my shopping basket and i'll buy it well
2: the other thing is is we get so used to buying clothes in like brand new and when you buy them new they're, they're going to shrink they're, they're going to change okay. in size they're going to stretch whatever yeah. but when you buy the used, you know they've been worn you know the, 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 the way they fit is the way they fit and i know i go to the stores thinking oh like those compromises though they might fit like you know like or i can make it work but like if you don't like how it fits then you're not going to like it
1: at all I know you're in the middle of reading this article, but I do want to talk to myself. It's, it's when you buy a used clothing, you like, how many times do you worry it's going to shrink? And it, it never shrinks as much as you want, or it, it always shrinks more than you wanted. But when you buy secondhand clothes, it is what it is. I love that. Or,
0: or I know sometimes that, that,
1: that, that I hate to interrupt, but that's what I do. <laughs> that makes up for the lack of selection. For me, a hundred percent, the lack of selection, knowing what you buy, it's going to fit when you, when you're, Two weeks from now, a month from now, a year from now, it's gonna fit the same. That to me is worth the lack of selection.
0: And I know sometimes like I'll buy um, even from American Eagle, which is like you, you think their quality is good. I have a thing though, I think guy shirts are kind of sometimes thicker than female shirts. I don't know. Or I guess they are getting thinner guy shirts as well, but
1: I don't know. It's been a while since I wore a war female shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, from my feeling, the shirts of experience, um, I sometimes I'll find, I don't know, females too, if you're out there, maybe guys too. I don't know. I find the line in the shirt, you know, the seam down the side will slowly like stretch to go around to the friend. Is that, has that happened?
1: Well, you know, when you buy used clothes, it, it kind of reveals what it's going to do. Exactly. So
0: when you buy a brand new shirt, like it'll be obviously perfect, but then you wash it once or twice and it starts stretching out of shape or, or sweaters. Or the it'll m- start, material
1: starts to ball yes. up. So it reveals itself yeah. in the secondhand store, right? You know what it's going to do.
3: I think one of the amazing things too about thrift stores is usually the secondhand clothes that ends up there is the clothes that are going to be quality comparatively. Because let's say you did have one of those new shirts and it started to to rip or fade. They typically will throw those out if you get them at a value village. That's, that's So true. you kind of don't have to as much anyways go through all of the the clothing that's there and be like is this gonna last you know it's gonna last it's already lasted
1: i think we're talking about clothes thrifting clothes primarily because it's the biggest opportunity to save money but bar none like i mean opportunity on clothes savings is huge
0: because when you buy like a dresser it's usually a one-off thing or you want to buy a bigger item you don't kind of need to replace it as often or a suit (laughs) or a suit and speaking to the speaking to the other point too like I, and, the, and to Jason's point, the, the quality. So, for instance, backpacks. I've had this backpack forever. Um, and, I've, and it's quality. So it's a Jansport. If anyone has a Jansport, they last forever. And so I've kept it forever. So, and then finally, I'm going to get rid of it. But um, for, for these items that end up here, these people probably had them forever and got tired of them and could have ended up there. So you know it's kind of quality.
1: And here's one other thing about clothes thrifting is uh, we're all of, uh, I'm going to say, um a little on the thin side, you know, w- size wise, you know, we're, I'll call, I'll call us undersized and a lot of clothes end ends up at a value village or a thrift store because people outgrew it and I'm not talking about height. So they, they or they, maybe they bought clothes they hope to fit one day and I have picked up many a shirts that I'm thinking this thing has never even been washed. It smells new. Yeah.
0: Or even, or even how often give um, clothes are gifted and things. I think we can kind of underestimate if, or maybe you, maybe someone has bought something and 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 they, yeah they they realize they're never gonna wear. Like I think we we because our body does fluctuate.
1: Like when I started clothes thrifting, I used to say, "What's wrong with this?" That was my mindset. I would hold it up and say, "It's here because there's something wrong with it." But I finally come to realize, okay, there's nothing wrong with these things. And I want to just point out, I'm wearing a shirt I got from Value Village, in in honor of this thrifting episode. Is anybody else here wearing?
3: No. thrifted clothes. I've got my thrifted plaid on. And I'm actually
0: wearing I'm wearing a sweater from, um, well, I don't know, I, this was gifted from, uh, not gifted, but I, it was from, it's from my best friend's closet because she, she didn't want it. So I,
3: you didn't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of thrifted. Yeah, yes. but
0: I don't want to say too so late. So Mike
1: has really dropped the ball right yeah. today. To right. I, just, I just want to point that I'll, out.
2: I'll come better prepared next week. <laughs>
0: um, But it, it's also a good place too if you do kind of, or if you, I do fluctuate in size as well. It's a good place to kind of go to, to stock up on clothing mm. to kind of fit uh, whatever kind of size and shape you are at that time as well. Kind of really inexpensive if you're kind of in a a state of transition. So we'll move on to rule number two here. Um, Rule number one was a long one, but rule number two is, and I like this one, no polyester or stretchy plastics. Pay attention to materials.
1: And this goes back to Jace's thing. buy If you're shopping in a thrift store, buy a quality label. You know, why would you buy uh, the George brand, at Value Village, and maybe pass you know up, up a quality brand. I don't know what I've I've bought some. What is it? What's that? Uh, uh Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Yes, <laughs> I have bought many a Tommy Hilfiger shirts, which I, I would just walk right past that on the uh, on the, the brand new rack.
3: No, definitely. I, I think it comes down to to material for sure. Like I, I completely agree with uh, rule two here, um, and in fact, when I'm looking for my plaids, or my jeans, I'll specifically look to see what the material is made of. Even if I really like the item, if it's made of a, a material that's less than quality, I won't buy it. So typically I'll, I'll either buy 100% wool, 100% cotton, or I'll get something that's that's just like a nice thick flannel so I know it's going to last.
1: Yes, 100% cotton is what I look for in shirts. All, all the, Anything with a mixed blend, I, I, I'm out.
0: Um, and then, so number three here, and this again goes right back to we're talking, know your brands. Yeah.
1: So the only thing about a brand is it tends to suggest the quality, but it's also, I'm not after the status symbol, but if you're, if you're buying a timing, a figure sweater or you bought that Eddie Bauer, when it says Eddie Bauer on it, they put their label on there to, to to, to, so you know you have the, a quality clothing article.
0: But I think it can be dangerous too just to buy something just because it does have a certain label or brand making it. So I think it's important too to just be mindful you're not just buying something because it's like, oh, this is way cheaper than I would have bought this item in store.
1: And you know, this is kind of off topic, but when you go thrifting, sometimes you can get unique and nobody can go out and copy that, right? Because it's just say it's hipster clothes, which of course my age, we just call those clothes. Um you know you they don't make them anymore and you have that unique thing so if if you're somebody who wants to be unique wants wants to stand out that's one way of doing it
0: yeah and in no way are we bashing kind of um anyone who kind of self-identifies as like a kind of a hipster i think it's a really powerful oh, movement yeah. that yeah, it's
1: not a drug or no. return we're
3: yeah, promoting definitely, hipster. Yeah. yeah it's
0: definitely it's definitely uh it's, it, cause, because you're wearing unique things that no one else again is going to find
3: i think one thing that uh particularly and it interests me as well as um and i don't know if you guys feel the same way but a lot of the newer clothes that are produced uh, a lot of these newer plaids or newer items um i've noticed that the style has changed very very drastically and so personally i'm a fan of like the original or more vintage-looking plaid's and uh, a lot of the color schemes don't exist anymore these days. Like a lot of them are now lighter colored or uh, almost pastels, whereas like I prefer more like solid colors or browns and, and greens kind of thing, and that doesn't really exist anymore. I find.
1: But that goes back to that unique thing. If somebody wanted, if somebody you know liked your shirt and they wanted to sort of copy that, they can't,
3: right? Exactly. So yeah. yeah.
0: I want to say I don't. I don't know. I. I maybe all the females out there you can kind of identify with this, but I feel like female fashion, it's referred to as fast fashion because I feel like female fashion evolves kind of the styles, the kind of the unique kind of aspects of clothing pieces kind of evolve really quickly. I mean, even if you look around, like it, it changes so fast and I feel like you either have to keep up with it or don't keep up with it. I feel like there's no, you can't really be in between.
1: And it's multidimensional with, with women's clothes. It's, it's style and color, you know, yeah. so you've, you've got both mm-hmm. angles working on you. Whereas men's clothing, it, it tends to be, the colors tend to be constant over time. The styles change. And
0: sometimes the fits, the fit can change a little bit. On but women,
1: but men not so much. Yeah, right? exactly. It's
0: and then there's there's also specific kind of outfits for, I mean, going going out or, or specific occasions you kind of dress differently as well, whereas guys can get away with kind of just a pair of pants.
1: Like, I remember I was so blown away when I found out pleats... We're gone. They just <laughs> left all of a sudden. I didn't even and that was the last one to find out. It's, nobody it's okay. Told they got
3: me. they got replaced by skinny jeans.
1: Yeah, but nobody told me pleats are gone. I found out the hard way. I, I was I remember I was at a, a wedding in a suit, one of my sad suit stories, and I was I looked around and I said, I'm the only one with pleated pants. What's going on? Did these did I miss the memo? So that's <laughs>
0: Um, so number four here is uh, try on everything. And uh, the author here says everything.
1: Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you, you, you can hold something up in front of you, but I, I think because there's no un, uniformity to it, right? Like sometimes you, you put on a sweater and you're just trying on different colors or maybe it's got different markings on it. But in, in, a, in a thrift store, every
3: single one is unique. I have a question for Mike. Did you try on the Eddie Bauer sweater?
2: I didn't in the store, but uh, I tried it when I got home, and uh, I was lucky enough that um, it, it, it fit right, but I probably should have tried it when I was in the store. But
0: things like Eddie Bauer, I feel like, have kind of maybe a specific fit. It's maybe like maybe American Eagle and, and, and more name brands that you know kind of have a uniformity and fit
2: i don't know that like the, for that sweater i think it, it was one of those sweaters um those felice type sweaters so they don't really i find shrink and and it seemed like it was uh, when i was feeling it it felt new so it didn't seem like it was it was worn much so i was kind of taking the chance that it probably fits like the way you would you'd imagine like a medium fits but uh it was a big risk
1: and in mike's defense there was no change room in this particular store so it, there was no opportunity to try it on
0: um number five here and we kind of mentioned this is don't go um thrifting for anything specific
1: yeah, I, I. Every time I've done it, I've I just leave so disappointed. But it, to Jace's point, you maybe need a, a list going on in the back of your mind of things that you might be interested in. But one little trick is, don't go shopping for shorts in June. You're never gonna find them. Oh,
3: it. I definitely agree with this. And don't
1: go shopping for sweaters in October. They're all gone. So if you can shop off season, and you know, be, if you go into like a value village, we. Obviously, we're sponsored by Value Village. <laughs> 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 if you go into Value Village, this in in say June, there's nobody picking through the sweaters, so there's just there's a plethora to, of sweaters
3: to pick from. I found some of the best hoodies in June. I've gotten some of my best plaids in the summer, definitely. Um, but to
0: Jace, Jace's point, I do I think. When you walk into a Valley village, it can be very. Expensive. I use value village specifically because it is so. It's so large and kind of can be intimidating because it's just it's a it's a big space. So I think. To not feel overwhelmed, I think it's important to, if you know you're looking for a hoodie, to go right to the hoodie section. If you know you're looking for a book, go right to the book section, that we can kind of stay focused.
1: Do you have this desire to go to a thrift shop?
0: <laughs> yeah. So sadly, we're recording this on... Uh, Easter Sunday. Yeah, so nothing's open. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we kind of got out of our system yesterday. But when we did that, we were laughing because when we did the um, the re- our reading episode, if anyone listened to that, the uh, episode on books, we kind of wanted to stop we stop recording and just go read. So number six here on the list is shop in all section sections except underwear.
1: Yeah, you know, I got a problem with that. I, I, I've, I don't know why, because once you wash this stuff, it should all be good, right?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, Big pause. Personally with me, yeah. uh, I, I agree with her for this, for sure. There's, there's a few things I will never buy from a thrift store. Uh, underwear, socks, or pajamas will never buy from a thrift yeah. store. And,
1: you know, I've never seen that section too crowded. No.
0: I mean, n- nothing against anyone who does kind of favor those sections. I just, it, it is a very kind of personal item and it is the, definitely the one that touches your skin the most. Yeah. And you
1: know, you're not, that stuff doesn't tend to cost a lot of money. So I don't know that your, your saving opportunity is going to be that great. Your savings is going to be in the fashion department mm-hmm. and I don't wear a lot of fashion underwear.
3: I also think it goes back to rule five. You're not allowed to try the underwear on. So. Oh,
1: that's true. I never thought of that. Yeah.
0: Um, when so this kind of relates maybe more to females um, when it says like shop in all sections but I know I will go straight for the the guy section or you chi and the author here um, Holly, even says the the boy section I mean that's where I go for all my plaids because I like kind of the oversized fit because Plaids do change in, uh, female plaids do change in shapes and sizes, and I know I had have held on to some female plaids that I bought from actual stores for a while, but again, plaids now for females are more kind of oversized and big, and if you go kind of shopping in the female section, you'll get all kind of the smaller plaids that are more outdated, so going to guy sections, they'll get long seas, I'll even get hoodies, they'll get I got actually my favorite fleece, it's, uh, this, this is a good story. I went to... There's a kind of a... Is it about a suit? (laughs) No. I went... I was looking for a three-quarter zip-up fleece sweater. Specifically looking for that, and I found it. It was amazing. It was one of those... Because I went to the boys' section, straight to the boys' section. It has pockets. It's it's amazing. So... I think we should go to the... the section I was gonna say
1: I've been affected by this in that I have bought some uh, hoodies and in in sw- sweatshirts that I've lost to my wife, <laughs> so so sh- she indirectly shopped in the men's section through me
3: vicariously. The reason I uh, get more plaid every time is because half of it ends up at Courtney's place.
0: <laughs> Guilty, but no, it's I definitely think and and that's I do because I've always really I I do I think the guys' clothes are very more kind of classic and kind of appropriate for kind of a lot of ages. So I kind of, I do really like shopping. A side note, I do like maybe, maybe all the listeners are probably thinking I dress like uh, just all in boys clothes, but I, I not always, but there are good, a lot of good pieces. So number seven, and this is, this is a good one, is uh, no alterations or and no DIY.
1: Oh yeah, you can't, you can't buy clothes saying, you know, I'm going to take this to a seamstress and have it, you know, like that s- s- suit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where that lady said no. Can we, can we start a suit count? Is, are your listeners taking a suit count?
1: But after she said no, you know, I said, well, maybe we could get these shoulders taken in and this, you know, and but once you do it, you've kind of lost your savings, you know, if if you're going to pay somebody to alter a piece of clothing, and if you're going to try to alter it yourself, it it may not look like it was supposed to, right? It may look like a Saturday afternoon butcher, butcher job. So I, I agree, don't don't buy something and have to invest hours and hours of your own time or money to make it fit.
3: I I definitely agree with this um, but I also slightly don't. So uh, alterations and DIY I think are super super important if you already own the item. I think you should definitely look at if something rips or you have a small piece um, that doesn't fit quite well. Instead of getting rid of it and going and buying something else, look at how much it costs uh, for your local tailor to get it fixed. It's usually only 10-15 bucks.
1: But but you wouldn't buy something needing that kind of work? No, I wouldn't, yeah.
3: yeah. I would so, I only do um, stuff that I've already, like, collected so, or have. So,
1: again, being resourceful. Exactly,
3: yeah.
2: But I think I think we'll have a tendency, uh, uh, maybe if it fits wrong, but, like, if it's got, like, a hole in it or it's, like, missing a button, I think we have a tendency to look at that in the store and say, that's not what we want. Like, you're always going to look for... Things that are like you we were saying, perfect. Like we will want it to kind of fit that that a bit, I would think.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. But you know, Mike mentioned he bought a a hand drill that needed some work, yeah. or you bought some things at story that need needed work. You you so this one's this is on specific clothes, yeah. but I think with hardware items or non clothing thrifting, I think a lot of times the the. The gem is in it, needs a, just a little bit of work. I
3: definitely agree with like,
0: that.
2: That's why it ended up there, yeah.
0: yeah. Like, your, like your chair, you specifically bought it because yeah, it needed it work. It needed
1: work. So, th- this is it's almost the opposite is true when it's not clothing.
0: Yeah, because you kind of, it kind of, yeah, you're like, it takes away when you buy a shirt that's missing a, but- a bunch of buttons, it kind of just takes away.
1: In fact, in that thrift store, we were in there and there was this organizer with all these little drawers in it, and the guy was standing there and he says, Oh, it's missing a drawer. And I looked, and yep, it was. And I I kept walking, and I came back. He was still standing in front of it, and still saying the same thing it's missing a drawer. And I said to him, I said, that's why it's here. (laughs) (laughs) And after I said that, he kind of moved on, but he was real frustrated with that it was missing a drawer.
0: That frustration, I've definitely experienced that. You'll pick something out, and you you get overly frustrated because you you, you like an item of clothing, even. You're like, it's perfect, but it has a stain. And it kind of holds you up. Because you, yeah. you you, you kind of get hung up on that. It's
1: like almost.
0: <laughs> um. So rule number nine, and I maybe it depends on what uh, thrift store you're going to, but it says take a Claritin and hand wash your hands and wash your hands.
1: So I I think Value Village, I, I believe they wash their clothes because everything I touch smells the same. So whatever, and I don't particularly like the smell. Whatever soap they're using is, it's probably a, a discount detergent. Uh, But I've been in stores where it smells like a used clothes store.
3: Yeah, no, I I think Value Village definitely cleans, cleans all the items. And they typically have a lot of staff there too that are just like going through and sweeping and cleaning the place. And so it always does look nice and fresh. Um, but I think if you go to like some of the smaller towns with like the littler like family-owned thrift stores, or just like the the ones that are, are non-for-profit, uh, then you will notice that they are a little bit more dirty or dusty. Um, but that's all part of it, and, and it's all part of the fun, I think. Yeah, it
1: is. Yeah.
0: And, I, and to your point about part of the fun, like I think that is something that I mean, it, it, some people, and, and that's why I like that there is the the Value Village because if you don't like kind of the dusty, dirty kind of version of it you have this like clean upscale version app- of thrifting exactly. exactly
2: to me it doesn't feel like a thrift store if it isn't a little dirty and a little messy like yeah. like nothing's ever like perfectly stocked it's always kind of a, a like, kind of piles and stuff
0: um so number 10 this is the last rule on this list is to give back
1: and we talk about that with, with books you know if you buy a book and you read it and you return it you know just think of it as a rental You know, one thing I needed uh, from, I got from a thrift store, I needed a very lightweight dolly, you know, to carry, uh, um, I was moving my daughter into a university residence and I I needed a dolly to move, you know, to move things up the elevator and I didn't feel like buying new one, So I went down to the thrift store and I bought one for five bucks. I used it and I, I haven't yet returned it, but I plan to return it. And so I rented it for $5 and I mean, I couldn't have went to a rental place. We can get it for five dollars. I'd probably have to. The insurance alone would have been five dollars on it. So you can kind of think of a of a thrift store as is just a, a rental.
3: So I have two two points. Um, one's about books. One's about clothes. Uh, the first one about books is I have a specific thing that I like to do with books, and usually, like I'll buy. Uh, Books that will give me some sort of value or life lesson Um, And so always nonfiction I'll finish reading them and then usually one of my friends will kind of be going through either a Same problem or or something that has to relate to that book and I give it to them and I'm like here keep this learn a lesson from it and then give it to someone else And so it's it's almost instead of going right back to the thrift store. It's teaching people Um, lessons that I've already learned myself.
1: So you're sort of curating a book list for people you know. Exactly,
3: yeah. So once I've gotten all the value I can from that book, it's time to pass it on to someone else. Um, And then with the the clothing side of it, uh, what I'll typically do is uh, I have almost like a one-for-one rule. So if I'm going to go to a thrift store, uh, a lot of the time I'll either bring a small box of things I'm already getting rid of, or uh, if I do buy a couple of items of clothing, I'll go home and instantly put them in a pile to go back to the thrift store. So
1: one rule could be never go to a thrift store empty-handed. Exactly, yeah.
0: So um, I think that brings us the end of our episode on thrifting. Does anyone kind of have any any final takeaways?
1: Well, I'm going to say, look at thrifting as not as a need, but as being resourceful. So you're not needy. You're not less fortunate. You are resourceful.
0: To kind of throw in a final closing thought for myself, I would kind of say that it's about the experience. So I think you have to go in with the right mindset and the right perspective. If you're, if you're going into a thrift store with the same kind of mentality that you go into any kind of, um, a shopping retail space with kind of that you're looking, you, you kind of can see the, all, all the items clearly and know that if you see an item, you want the size and that is, there's kind of clutter free. I think that's a wrong mentality. So you kind of have to change the whole mind shift and, and be kind of more patient and more kind of slow things down to, 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 to really enjoy the experience.
3: Uh, I believe you should never go into a thrift store without thinking of going into it as just a fun activity. Uh, I find when you work it up in your mind, then it's just, you're going to get disappointed. Just go in, have some fun with it, and maybe you'll leave with something cool.
0: All right, so that's the end of the show. Um, Jace, thank you so much for being here with us today.
3: Thank you guys for having me.
0: Um, and to our listeners if you have any kind of awesome finds like a suit or maybe a suit or, it, or if you found a suit let us know um, send us an email I can always do that at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com or always on our website we have a contact submission form there um, Live Life simple livelifesimple.ca um and the contact submission form is just kind of on the header there yeah so let us know if you found anything awesome or kind of your experience with thrift stores or, or what you love about them maybe you don't like them at all like let us know and um next time we do a listener episode we'll include that in there we have a, some if you, if you did send us in anything we will be including it um on an upcoming episode for our list answering all our listener questions um yeah thank you so much for being with us this week and we will see you right back here next week until then keep it simple